Welcome to Silent Symptoms, a Black mental health podcast. I am your host, Kataso Fridge, a Florida-based therapist. This podcast focuses on mental health, stigmas, and social injustices that affect the Black community. This podcast was created to bring awareness about mental health and can be used as an educational guide, but this is not to be used as a replacement for seeking help from a therapist. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, welcome to Silent Symptoms, a Black Mental Health Podcast. I'm your host, Kataso Fridge, and on the podcast today, we have Tamika. So today, we're going to be talking about being a millennial clinician and also self-care and how we need to take care of, of ourselves as clinicians and people in general. So Tamika, tell them a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay, well, my name is Tamika Cheek. I am a therapist practicing in Atlanta, Georgia. I work with young adults on improving their self-esteem, self-love, and self-worth. And I launched Therapist Code in 2018, March of 2018, which is a supportive community and movement for the millennial therapist. Um, I've been curating self-care and wellness events for clinicians and students in the field. And it was really just developed to revolutionize um, the identity of an image of a therapist in our field and also to make sure that we're creating a space to celebrate um, our creative efforts to break down barriers in the mental health field. That's awesome. So in your definition, what is a millennial therapist? In my definition, I believe that a, mental, uh, a, millennial health, a millennial therapist, I'm sorry, is a clinician that may go against the grain a bit and challenge traditional therapy and treatment practices. Uh, these clinicians take risk in entrepreneurship, um, bridging their creativity and um, authenticity in, in their professional work, therefore revolutionizing the image of therapists in our field. That's awesome because now we are millennial therapists, so yes. uh, going against the grain and doing all yes. great things that the typical therapist or the image of a typical therapist is. Um, right. Especially now we have social media, we can push our agenda there. And I know that the therapists that came before us um, didn't necessarily have the ability to do this and I know they were probably like innovative therapists before but millennial therapists are actually doing it and um we have podcasts we have the therapist code self-care people coming in looking good because like we uh for us we don't have the opportunity to um I don't know I said we're going against the grain we don't have the chance to be the same as others like we are pushing those boundaries to make sure that you know the people that come after us are mm -hmm. even better you know right. people don't like cookie cutter anymore because if they can't relate to you they can't do anything right. Right, right. And I think that the, one of the biggest things is like even beyond just even more general, just millennials, period. And then, yeah. of course, in the same millennial therapist, we just do things a lot differently because we know we can, we believe we can, and exactly. we necessary. And so when we speak about us being a millennial therapist, we're doing things differently because we... I feel like there's always so much talk about about what we can't do in the the um, box that we kind of have to or should stay in. Mm -hmm. and therapist and now we're finally you know obviously and being, being millennials we're gonna always question things and know that okay no we can kind of think outside the box we can take therapy outside of the room or mm -hmm. even bring other things into the therapy room that we you know when we see fit so we are I think we're just these confident professionals that know mm -hmm. that all right, no we can find a better way of doing these things to connect with our co cohort 
Absolutely. And two, so how are you trying to change the face of clinicians with everything that you're doing, including the therapist codes? Because, you know, a lot of people, like I told you last time, don't have what you have. It's so different. It's so innovative and it's very necessary to where we're trying to go as clinicians. I just show up as myself, who I genuinely am. Um, obviously, even with us being innovative and I feel like just being pretty much down to earth, we're always going to be professional. And I always keep that, keep that in mind. I'm going to always be professional. Um, but we know that so many people don't seek therapy solely because they do not think that anyone's going to understand them and because of, the, of this image that they have of who therapists are and what therapists do. And unfortunately for a lot of minorities or people of color, uh-huh. it's don't trust it and they don't see themselves in any in any therapist and I think that one of the and there's plenty of us out here but again so many of us have had the idea that we have to be a certain kind of way um and so yeah for me I I think that I I show up who I am I show up as myself um regardless of it's in my therapy practice in the community at an event at a therapist code event I show up as me as a wife as a mom as a friend as a black woman um in addition to being a therapist and I think that for a lot of people that helps them to really like okay I can see myself in her she's not probably not that doesn't mean that they know me yeah. <laughs> but I can see myself in you and okay so maybe therapists are not that weird maybe maybe this is someone that probably understands maybe maybe they do go through some of the same things that I do so I you know what I think I can probably trust this a little bit more and so that's that's how I approach this and then I encourage through therapist code events through the therapist code message for other clinicians to do the same thing true I agree with everything that you just said because you know as therapists like we are so different. We're growing. And um, for me, like for on my standpoint, like creating this podcast is trying to change the face of what clinicians look like, because a lot of times on this podcast, sometimes there is some transparency from therapists, um, mm-hmm. some mental health advocates and for myself, you know, because sometimes people don't know what it is to be a therapist or clinician. Mm-hmm. They have this mm-hmm. image of who we're supposed to be. And when when we share that actually we're still human, they don't understand. Like we are still human. Like I have flesh, I go through things and I, I empathize with you. And then that's exactly how we could change the face because I still have fun on the weekends. I'm not in my bed watching TV. You know, I'm hanging out with my family. I'm hanging out with my friends and I'm trying to change the face because I'm still human just like you. And I don't want them to feel like, you know, they don't fit in or they're not, we're not relatable. And that's what I like. Even on social media, I know some clinicians go as far as sharing their life with their clients. I mean, you're not going to know my life, but you're mm-hmm. going to find out. Mm-hmm. But you know, if my clients choose to find this podcast, obviously I don't tell them about it, but if they choose to find this podcast, they will know that she's just like me or mm-hmm. close enough to me to be able to relate. Relatable. Right. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. women of color. It's so difficult to try to, you know, broaden the scale and make people aware that it's okay to go to therapy. And then mm-hmm. when they see a clinician, a, a clinician of color, okay, I can relate to you. And I have had people saying, I want to be with that uh, person of color. I want you to be my therapist because you'll probably, you know, relate to me better. And there's nothing wrong with that. So we don't need to forget that, you know, as clinician, we are the influence and people can relate to us. Um, So another thing I wanted to ask, um, if you could define 
self-care? How would you define it? I define self-care as doing what you have to do to take care of yourself, your whole self. So mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, doing that work. So on a daily basis, that's trying to be intentional about doing something, any little thing um, towards that. Um, so it might be, you know, on social media now, which is it's good that everyone's speaking about mental health and self-care, but it's kind of glamorized. And sometimes the message is that it's just the, the cute, pretty stuff um, as going to the spa or getting a facial or going to get your nails done. And I think that that's great. I love those forms of self-care. Um, but sometimes it's also doing the hard work to get us towards the personal development and growth that we need to do. And, and for a lot of people that could be going to therapy, um, that is self care. Um, so yeah, it, it, whatever it needs to be for, for you. And like I said, it can be some of the easy stuff, but it may be some of the hard stuff. Um, but it has to be an intentional daily, daily thing. And I think that it's going to be unique to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And getting your nails done, there's nothing wrong with that. Going to spot, there's nothing wrong with that. But like Tamika said, it includes the hard work and the easy work and something as simple as taking time for yourself, like at least 15 minutes to wusa. And yeah. a lot of people don't take time to wusa as clinicians because we always on the go. Oh, I have to do this case yeah. though because I haven't um, behind now. So We're guilty of it probably the, like the most, but yes. Yes. Absolutely. So, you know, having self-care can be as simple as going to the gym and making sure you're taking care of yourself and putting you first before everybody else for that specific moment. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's okay to incorporate your family, but as long as you have alone time for you so that you could show up as 100% for your clients, for yourself, for your family. And if you're not a clinician, show up for your family and friends because if we're not a hundred percent we cannot give anything to anyone else right you know what i love that you said too that it can be inclusive of other people but also try to do something for yourself mm -hmm. and i that is like so important like now um recognizing that things change i remember like especially maybe like uh, teenage years undergraduate years maybe even grad just being a really young adult um I really loved, and I still love being around people, but I used to always consider myself being a people person. Like I always wanted to be around people oh, and, I, yeah. and I probably would still consider myself to be an extrovert, maybe like an introverted extrovert. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but that alone time now is so vital for me. Yes. So yes. vital for me. So I think if you are a person that, that, you know, is around people often or just interacts with people often, that yes, to have that alone time. And then if you even recognize that um, maybe you just kind of always need to be around other people too. Just be, uh -huh. I think that being, spending that alone time really helps you to, to really see what you need to work on. Can Absolutely. you do it yourself? You know, do you enjoy this self-care? Because if we recognize, like, I never want to be alone. Okay, then there's something that might, yeah. need, to be, might need to be worked on over there. So yeah. I think that, that some of these self-care habits that we can practice will really teach us a lot about ourselves as well. Absolutely. And I like the fact that you said that, you know, a lot of people, we need to pay attention if we can't do things on our own mm -hmm. and same for me very extroverted and undergrad and grad school I mm -hmm. had to do something and then people mm -hmm. were asking were asking me let's go here let's do this let's do that and I was like always going or people would see me doing things and they would want to join me mm -hmm. in whatever I was doing because I was always on the go doing fun stuff yeah. 
And then, like, as I grew older, I'm like, okay, you know, silent time is always a good time. I need some time to reflect because if yeah. I'm on the go, I'm not paying attention to the signs of me being burnt out or something happening in my life because I'm so busy doing other things. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten to the point where I'm like, man, I need to just learn how to do things on my own as far as like going to the movies. Cause I know a lot of people can't go to the movies by themselves and can't um, go to a restaurant by themselves. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. So if you can't do those things, because sometimes people won't be available to come and hang out with you. So are you going to ruin your entire day by staying home because somebody or get a takeout when that one-on-one time is beautiful? Watching a movie by yourself is beautiful. Grabbing dinner by yourself is amazing. That's part of self-care because Mm -hmm. you're taking the time to listen to your body, to yourself and getting some sanity outside Mm -hmm. of everybody else. Right. And so it's just really that being able to regroup, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really just re- regroup. And so the more we even continue to talk about it, I would just really encourage, like, do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Whatever self-care activity that you do. And now, like, and now if you want to go to workout class and, you know, it's all right to sometimes self-care is hanging out with some girlfriends or your, your partner or children, whatever, that's still fine. But still try to find some self-care activities that include you alone. I think that that, like, the more we're talking about it, I'm like, yeah, you know what? It, it needs to be, because it's your thing. It's, it's yeah. got to be your me time. <laughs> yeah, it is me time. And, you know, going to Zumba, if you don't invite your friends, that's still a long time because, I mean, you may see Zumba people every now and again, but, you know, do something that makes you happy because a lot of times, even in self-care time, we're, we're trying to make sure everybody's good. Okay, this person hasn't been yeah. talking for 10 minutes, so... Is this something wrong now? It turns into something that's not self-care. <laughs> yeah. So this is why it's important to do it on your own. So you're only observer of your own feelings and the things that you're trying to get done and paying attention to you. Even yeah. as mothers, as sisters, as kids, you know, we have a lot of responsibilities and mm-hmm. trying to get away from those responsibilities and these mom guilt, these, you know, child guilt, there's all kinds of stuff. But yeah. who come first in everything that you do? And I say this to say that, like, in the helping field, a lot of times, you know, we keep going. Mm-hmm. We are on go, 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 go mode. So what are some things that you would suggest for self-care for clinicians, you know, in the helping field? Because we could burn ourselves out potentially if we don't take care of ourselves. Oh, yeah, I would definitely. And listen, I have been there probably right there right now. Like, mm-hmm. I think that even beyond being a clinician, when you're a clinician, that's also a creative and an entrepreneur, you know, you're even if your body is not on goal, your mind is. We always I'm sure you're already thinking about the next podcast and everything else. And, you know, yeah. we just always like it's a lot. It's a lot. And so I think that for me, what I know really helps to just kind of ground me is just to really take time to do take the time to do things that really bring me joy Mm. and it has to be outside of everything else that I'm working on that, that I'm very passionate about, but just outside of all of that. Mm -hmm. So it could be like literally like if it's me just looking up how stuff on HD uh, on uh, Pinterest, like, you know, just something that really is like totally like nothing to do with work, nothing to do with building your practice, nothing to do with with the therapist, nothing to do with anything that we, that, that is going to, really take some um mental <laughs> some mental uh just some mental you know, stimulation stimulation <laughs> that is the word yeah because you you really gotta have to you know regroup and I know that for me when I keep going 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 and maybe it may be weeks at a time at some point if you don't slow down your body will slow you down oh yes 
So if that's like you just feeling a lot more tired, feeling more sleepy or just not being effective at what you're doing, it's kind of like, all right, just take a break, take a break. Know that we deserve those breaks. Know that what we're working on probably needs us to take a break so that when we come back to it, we can be like on our A game. So I rejuvenated, feeling 100%. Yeah. So taking time to just really take that hat off for a minute. I know it can be hard, but taking that clinician hat off, taking that entrepreneur creative hat off and just and just doing something, even if it's only this like one hour out of the whole week. But for me, sometimes that's all I need to be like, all right, I took a break from all that. If you want to unplug from social media, whatever it is you need to do and then get back to it after the fact, you really will feel a lot more refreshed. Um, So I encourage that. Absolutely. I agree with that. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, yeah, you brought in entrepreneurship, you're always trying to think about how to innovate your specific niche. Um, You know, whether it's a therapist call, whether it's silent symptoms podcast, there's always something to be done. And if we don't allot that time for ourselves, we're just constantly on the go. Because obviously, like, you know, with my day job, that's work in itself. So I have my own stresses about that. And I come home and I'm thinking about, okay, who's going to be in my guest? All these people want to be on here. What are we going to talk about? What's the next thing? And then trying to hush that inner voice and saying, shh, wait a minute. <laughs> that can wait until tomorrow. How about you take this time just to sit down, watch TV and do something that you like. And mm-hmm. what I really do, okay, now I don't watch as much, much TV anymore, but you know, I used to use reality TV. That's my mindless show. If it had something to do with me watching something serious, I want to know parts. That was part right. of my because I can't think about it. I don't feel like following this and thinking about it. Yeah, I'm not gonna follow this. Let me watch reality. It's mindless. I don't have to guess. I don't have to do any. I just have to sit, laugh, and be like, mm, "This is crazy." <laughs> right. And I'm okay with that. You know, something just that simple. Yes. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to keep up with the next show until the next one, until the next one. You know what I mean? So that's another way that I take care of myself. And it's very vital for clinicians to make sure that, you know, we pay attention to those signs as well. We have clients that want to, you know, they come to us and complain about the same thing. And our head is like, ooh. I'm so guilty of that, but I'm going to tell you that. You know what? Yes. Because, listen, what you, what you need to work on in your own life is what you will start, is what your clients will start to kind of come with. And it's going to make you look at yourself. Mm-hmm. So when so it's talking about how much you'll find like, all right, I'm giving them all these great tips and ain't practicing a thing. So, yeah, so you're like, mm, when I get home, I need to practice what I preach because I just yes. literally told her to do this. And that's the reality of it. And that's the beauty of, you know, therapy because we're able to like use our clients as a mirror as well. Like, dang girl, like I could feel you. Like I could totally understand what you're talking about because I need that self-care as well. And this is what, or sharing something as simple as this is what worked for me or a client can tell you, Hey, this is what I did for self-care. You can use those ideas for yourself. Right. It's a back and forth relationship and we can get something from that. Um, what are ways we can try and help our clients for self-care? And it could probably look like what we would do for as clinicians, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yes. But and, and I, well, I would say, especially when it's some of the well, I shouldn't say easy because actually what I'm saying might be easy for me, may not be easy for some clients, right? Mm-hmm. But does especially depending upon what they even present with, like in the event that it's um, a client that is severely depressed mm-hmm. um, and has had a diminished or very low appetite, 
Um, self-care might be eating, making sure you're eating today. Yeah. Eating enough meals for the day. Self-care might be um, helping them to develop a, a healthy sleep routine to make sure that they're hopefully trying to get adequate amounts of rest overnight because it's probably something else that is like maybe they're not doing well with. Um, anyone that possibly has some issues around self-love and self-worth, our self-esteem, and just having like a lot of negative thoughts. I mean, sometimes our self-care, like I said, therapy for one is self-care and then help to really um, challenge their negative thinking, develop more positive self-talk, um, things like that to me is self-care. So if that means they, we got to help clients working through trauma, that's all, you know, self-care. Like I said, so for, for me, a lot of my clients, I'm letting them know that what you're doing right now is already a form of self-care. And this is the part where I'm saying it can kind of get a little ugly. It can kind of get a little uncomfortable because working on ourselves is pretty hard, right? Um, and then simultaneously, we can also, you know, encourage them to do things that, they enjoy to do, uh, you know, for themselves, taking time out to, to, you know, do things for themselves. If it is going to working out, um, going to the gym, meditating, um, mm-hmm. taking a shower for a little longer than you usually would with some nice music on, like whatever it takes. Um, just really encouraging them and helping them to really not only just develop some self-care habits and, um, things that we just see that everybody kind of does, but really to help them it to be unique to them. What is it that you really enjoy, you know? And let's really like fine tune it so that it can really be something about them that they look forward to so that at some point it's just like clockwork. It's not anything that they have to just say, oh, well, let me try to do this. You know, like they need that. Yeah. So making making it almost like a habit um, if they see certain triggers or certain situations um, that need self-care, they'll be able to automatically go towards that route. Right? Right. Okay. So um, what is the hardest thing about breaking away from the norm and putting self first? Oh, boy. Some of what we kind of already mentioned, just because it's women, for one, just wearing so many hats. And even though we know better, just um, there's certain roles that we might um, have that make it a little harder for us to kind of put ourselves first. And so for me, I've usually been pretty, pretty good about, all right, I got to take a minute to just kind of do this for me first. That where it's gotten harder is when I had my daughter. Um uh-huh. She's almost two, so she's not a baby baby, but she's still very reliant on on me. Yeah. And so that can be a little difficult sometimes, but guess what? I still do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I still do it. I don't probably do it as soon as I need to it sometimes. And so just for us, there's, there's often times like, you know, being a clinician, being entrepreneurs, being creatives, where you just want to kind of keep going, keep going. And then I'll take a break when I, when I finally get this thing done. Yeah. And so we know that realistically, that's, that's what we do sometimes. Mm-hmm. But just as long as we can kind of keep it the forefront and that, that we can't pour from empty cups, that uh-huh. everything that we're trying to pour into will be so much better if we are full first. Uh-huh. Um, and then just really going by that. So I really like to try to keep that in mind. And although I'm probably guilty of like not doing it soon enough, I, I'm, I feel it. Like I was telling you, I, my body lets me know like, all right, it's time to stop everything for a minute. Just like, you know, when you got rest, but your eyes are still burning. So it's like, I must be very tired. So um, I need to take a break. from Yes. This. Yes. And so I, um, 
sometimes it is difficult. I'm guilty of like, I know that it is difficult, but I think I'm, I'm trying to do a lot better of a job of like knowing that and just breaking away from, from it and just something that I was going to do at night. Um, all right, this can just wait until the morning morning or this can come wait to tomorrow like really if i if i don't do this today like can it wait and yes, yeah it can't wait but when and i know that's that the most important question huh that's the most important question can it wait can it wait or and, and then can somebody else do this so something that i need i'm thinking i need to do all right can my husband not do this for her yeah and regardless of if i feel like i'm gonna do it better or not <laughs> can he do this and will she be fine yes she will so that's when it comes to like asking yourself those questions and if you can put yourself first in some situations sometimes doing that and so i think that we just have to give ourselves permission yeah and that's the hardest part of like breaking away from the norm, trying to give yourself permission to do the things that you want to do and being first. And yeah. it's, it does get difficult because we are always on the go. Hey, yeah. I need to get this done. I have this huge checklist because, you know, they're always suggesting a checklist of things you need to do before we take a break. But that is not necessarily the best thing to do because once you get to the right. burnout mode, there's nothing you can do and you're not producing, you know, the best product or you're not producing, you're not giving the person that you love or the, the client a hundred percent of you. And right. That, that, that right there. Yeah. That right there. And our clients are smart. They're coming to us for help, but they know they, yeah. they pick up small stuff. So yeah, yeah we can't, we don't want to be a disservice of any, to anyone. Yeah. So, yeah, if, you, if you're not 100% your client's going to know, they're going to call you out sometimes, or they're going to be like, I don't know what's going exactly. on. Because mm -hmm. you have formed that rapport and making sure that, you know, you get away from all the unnecessary things that could wait till later. Right. You know, and putting yourself first. So another thing that I want to know is that um, how has the therapist code, which is amazing guys, by the way, you need to check it out. Um, push the agenda of thinking outside the box of what a clinician looks like, what a therapist looks like and what we can do as millennial clinicians to push the agenda and help you and incorporate those wonderful things that you're doing at the therapist code. Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much. I, I think the therapist code is doing this. Well, so I have, um, a, social, a page on Instagram. And so through different posts and um, through the events that I have, and then now I've been doing Therapist Code uh, TC Takeovers where we've only done one so far, but it's where I am inviting um, like-minded therapists to kind of take over the Insta stories for the day, just to kind of show other, um, the, you know, followers, friends of Therapist Code, just a day in the life of a, of a, a life of a therapist, of a millennial therapist. And so I think that the biggest way that it's kind of pushing the agenda is that once again, it's kind of validating all of us clinicians and all like future clinicians um, who aspire to really be creative, to be innovators in the field. It validates that, hey, we can do this okay. and that we should be doing this. My main thing is as long as we're being professional and ethical, that we don't really have a lot of limits. And I think that for us, like, I like, I know that we're kind of like coming at it. First of all, you're in graduate school. We're not taught for one. We're not taught or I wasn't in my in my program and for no one and no one else that I've known haven't hasn't had any education in regards to business in regards to entrepreneurship or just anything creative that you can do outside of um, the norm when it comes 
to, to therapy. So then now we're kind of like, we're out here. We know how to do therapy. We know how to assess. We know how to diagnose. Now what? So much more that we want to do. And we don't, we hadn't had anyone before us really telling us how to kind of do it. So mm-hmm. now with us, with, uh, with your podcast, with Therapist Code and so many other clinicians that are out here doing things that are pretty similar and kind of pushing that same message. I think that it's just really um, highlighting what mm-hmm. we can do in this field. And so I think that that is the most important thing because yes, we want to kind of make a different image for ourselves so that potential clients feel comfortable working with us. But I think even more so is that we want our um, field to continue to grow. We need there to be clinicians that come after us that can continue to do what we're, what we're doing. And so, yeah, they just kind of need some examples, some, um, some uh, permission, some validation, Mm -hmm. some uh, encouragement to get out here and do something different. Yeah. And, and that's what I try to do with this, with everything. Everything therapist code pushes that message. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and it pushes the agenda of self care and being a millennial therapist. Like mm-hmm. I, like you said in grad school, I did mention the story to you before. But like you know, like when I first went to my orientation for my grad school, mm-hmm. and the first day we were at orientation, um, the director was like, the first thing she said was like. If you're trying to get into uh, private practice, that's not going to happen. So you could just leave right now. And we're like, like what? That literally, I think that literally scared the heck out of me. And I was thinking, I'm thinking that's not possible. Like there's no way in hell no one can get into private practice. Like, what are you saying? And I was trying to wrap my head around why somebody would say something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And when we would ask her that, like why? No one. Cause everyone was like, what the heck is really going on? Like, what is this talking about? And once we started classes, getting to know each other, cause this one, like we, we had to go to class, but Mm -hmm. as we were like, having dialogue and we're like did you hear what she said we're all like are you crazy like and some people like really internalize that because yes specific goal was to get into private practice and and i'm thinking this has to be possible there's no way what is she talking about and the crazy part about it for her she she has been in private practice for many years so you're in the same exact field so why are you telling you know social workers people who are excited to make change in this world they can't do this mm-hmm. there's room for everyone i don't know you felt threatened after you've done it for like right 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 and that but that's so weird because unfortunately even if it wasn't specifically that same statement yeah. there from what i think a lot of our professors say and didn't say or encourage and didn't encourage i think right. we all of us a lot of us got the ideas of i can do this this and that and that's it Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, because I know I personally always knew that private practice was going to be the, um, you know, was like my goal in, in, in regards to the field um, initially. But I, um, I don't think that any of my professors spoke against it, but it was more, it was definitely private practice, but it kind of seemed bland, you know, in a sense. And yeah. so they didn't encourage it. You know, I mean, it, well, and uh, all of my professors at the time, they were they were educators and also were all in private practice. So I knew that it was possible, but it was still so many limits. Mm-hmm, to it. It, you know, so like even now, like there's in, and that continues. And so it's kind of ingrained. And so I, there's just, I want it to really be a different message 
around what we can do. Okay. So not just because I honestly feel like once you're licensed, you can do anything. Like I said, whatever, as long as you are remaining, whatever your code of ethics are, but if that's social work, ACA, APA, whatever it is, MFTs, whatever your, your code of ethics are, mm-hmm. make sure that you are sticking to that. And we know that even with ethics, it's, it's a, it's a lot of gray. Uh-huh. Nothing is really black and white, but so we, you know, we have to use our best clinical judgment and uh-huh. just always try to remain, strive to remain professional and ethical in all that we're doing. And there's so many possibilities. There's so much that we can do. And I really wish these professors would stop just because you can't do it. Uh-huh. And you didn't think that you could do it. Don't put that on us. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't put that on us. Yeah. And even like in going through that school, like encouragement is super important because we are the change. That specific cohort is the change in order to help somebody else advance. And the thing is, we have all these wonderful classes, but not one class talks about private practice, how right. to get started, how, what you need to do in order for you to get your licensure. What, like none of that. Even like how right. to get your license was not. Talk. No, 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 no. But see, but then, you know, too, even though people, even when you can't think about being an entrepreneur, people only think sometimes that being an entrepreneur in our field means being in private practice. Mm-hmm. But okay, look at what you're doing. Yeah. Also with a podcast. Right. So I mean, there's so many ways that we, because, you know, yes, we're therapists, but I, I can bet so many of us have all these other interests and talents. So exactly. we don't have to put and they don't always have to be separate. So doing podcasts, I don't want to be an event planner, but I love hosting events. Right. So that's why I'm doing it with therapist code. I love, you know, I mean, there's certain ways that we can bridge our creativities. And mm-hmm. so it's just for, for any aspiring clinician that may be listening, also, we need some some of y'all to be professors because we need other professors to, to exactly. get messages about what we can do in the field because we can do so much. I but I think you know what that's the millennial thinking. You know, yeah, they think yeah. like narcissists. We think we can do anything, but <laughs> I think we can. <laughs> We can. And, you know, that encouragement, because like being like being a professor and saying, hey, like we have done this or I, when I was like in your predicament, I didn't have anyone tell me how to do this and right. incorporating uh, how to start a private practice, how to get liability insurance. OK, this is what you have to do. If you're right. not licensed, you can work under somebody and then they have to supervise you when you have your clients and how you can get started to be different. And right. not everybody wants to do private practice. So you can no. go and do stuff on a macro level and go help the government and exactly. have a different t- agenda. Exactly. There's so, there's so much that we can do. And so we do, we like, we have to get out here and we have to make a different name for ourselves, not only for just the community, but for people that are wanting to be in this field as well. Absolutely. And I, I, I commend that so much for us to just be able to, you know, branch out and think outside the box because mm-hmm. it is very important to, for our clients and for ourselves and other clinicians who want that inspiration on how to get started. Because I think right. that we're afraid to like touch the hot water first. So somebody has to touch it and then everything yeah. else kind of come behind. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. people who want to come together as a group, let's do it, you know? Right. Yeah. And right. then collaborating. Exactly. It's mostly, and the thing is, I mean, it's unfortunate as of right now, because as great as we know our things are, uh, your podcast and therapist code, and we're just like, hey, this is for everyone. I mean, we always know that what we do is not going to be for everyone. There's yeah. always gonna be, because when you ask uh, again about 
how I would define a millennial therapist. I know that when just the definition for millennials period is like a specific age group. However, because of some of the teachings and stuff, yeah. even some millennial by age, not necessarily by their thought processes, but by age, don't really think the way maybe a lot of millennial therapists do just because yeah. of some of those things that would internalize some of those um, fears of, well, I can't do this or I can't do that, or just a little too nervous to kind of step outside the box and want to play things safe. And it's all right, you know, if, if that is what works for you. But I think you and I recognize that it's, it wasn't going to work for us. Yeah, it, it <laughs> so. just wasn't. And it's like, you know, especially being a woman of color, because we need that representation. Everybody else is able to do it. Why can't we do it? Right. You know, why can't we create something for us and for other people? Like, yeah. and I always say people of color, if you feel white, if you can teach me something about cultural competence or what you know about cultural competence, you're more than welcome. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it, it's all a lesson for everyone. And this particular uh, platform was created because I saw a need in my people, people of color. Mm -hmm. They don't engage in therapy services. And I wanted to normalize being in therapy because there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that and normalizing being open about you know what it is to be a clinician yes but even the talk of this that's why this podcast is so great because even just the talk of us not engaging in therapy as we should I mean you can just probably have so many so many podcasts on just that specific topic Absolutely. alone um, because that goes so 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 deep when I mean just just even the mere fact that sometimes, um, even beyond us, sometimes not feeling like um, there's anyone that represents us in the field, which there's so many, so many, so women, many, so many people of Thank color. Thank you for social media, because we would feel so isolated. Yeah, yes, so many of, of us out there, then it's also that, that thought of, um, well, I can just, I can bear this, or just having to always take on so much, mm -hmm. and so you don't need therapy or also just wanting to, the thought of that you have to, or you should engage in therapy when you're like at your lowest point. And nope. so that is, I always like to like, listen, therapy is not for when you are at your lowest. I mean, if that's when you have, if that's what it takes and that's when you enter therapy, then great, better late than never, but we can help and intervene so like so much way before then. Yeah. The and early stages of whatever it is. Right. Because if you decide, okay, well, I want to come to therapy just because I feel stressed out, that's a perfect time. Because for some people, your regular stress could then trigger depressive, uh, depressive symptoms. And so uh, the, alcoholism, substance uh, abuse. You know, so, so, so much. I think that this podcast is great if you have anyone that listens outside of the field too, or just even someone in the field that can share with someone that's outside of the field like all right listen this yeah. thought that as black women as women women of color that we're supposed to just take on so much or that we don't we don't we can, we're so strong that we don't need help from anyone else like, oh yeah we have to let go of the notion of being superwoman Yes. Being a superwoman does not work for us. And, you know, right. it can only work for so long because the, the view of a woman is that we can hold the world on top of our shoulders. But let's get away from that because it has become extra. It has become unhealthy. And we do yes. not need that type yes. of stress in our life. Right. And I, I mean, can we band together? Let's just all say we don't want that way. We don't even want it. Like, yeah. We don't want to hold that. We don't. We, <laughs> we don't want we don't want that pedestal and we just want to move forward and be women in general. Can we be women? Can we be whatever we want to be? 
Right. And then the, the, the also so many people feel like going to therapy um, and asking for help or seeking help means that they're weak. And I just always like to make sure that my clients and just other people know that there's so much strength in what you consider to be a weakness and that strong people are people that ask for help. You know, so it's just it's just all about us changing um, the tone and our yep. thought processes and the way we speak about all of this. All of it. And I always say, too, it's like, okay, you're saying that everything is going well in your life. Great. Then still engage in therapy because we're going to help you figure out how to maintain that state of happiness. Right. How to maintain it. And just and at that point. Yeah. And, at the, and that's why I like to call it just some, you know, mental health checkups or something. At yeah. that point, you have to do weekly therapy if you want to. Okay. Maybe it's monthly. Maybe it's going to be every other month. But Everyone goes to generally to see your dentist every six months for just a dental a checkup. Mm-hmm. You generally go and have your annual annual done every year. You go and get a physical done every year just to kind of check in. Now I know everyone doesn't, but I'm just saying as a whole, it's it's accepted that okay, yeah. yeah, we do these checkups. So I mean it is it is great practice to do mental health check-ins and checkups because to me there there's no health without mental health if your mental health is no longer healthy and it's mental illness or you know or you it it turns into any like yeah it turns into physical because yeah it it affects everything else everything else Mm -hmm. so thank you so much for being on the podcast tamika can you tell the people how they can have me Yes. Well, I am actually going to be launching my new website in hopefully just another week or two. So that will be TamikaLPC.com. So that'll be T-A-M-E-I-K-A-L-P-C.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at TamikaLPC underscore. Nope, sorry, Tamika.lpc on Instagram. I had to think about that for a minute. And yeah. then therapist code um, is therapist code underscore on Instagram as well. Yeah, so be sure to check her out. All of her content is amazing. I think you want to learn much. more about it. And thank you so much for coming and teaching us about self-care and how we can be better clinicians and how we are changing the face of what a millennial therapist is and what we're doing to advance mental health. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. You can catch us on Anchor and all your favorite media streams. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Silent Symptoms Podcast. Let us know if you have any feedback or topics that you would like to hear.